All right, guys, let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just allowing us to be with one another again, to fellowship, to learn and study your word. Father, we pray that our praises were glorifying to you, were pleasing to you, and that your name be made known all around the world. Father, in our time of study here, please speak through me to be able to share what you've placed on our hearts to to do, um, to, to talk about your gifts and to talk about the fruit of the Holy Spirit today. Heavenly Father, help me, because I can't do anything by myself. I need, uh, I desperately need your Holy Spirit in this time. In Jesus' name I do pray. Amen. So, last time we talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, right guys? Talked about interpretation of the tongues, speaking of tongues, discernment of spirits, healing, faith, miracles. Um, there we go. And we talked about wisdom, knowledge, and prophecy. So, we also kind of talked about how it is that, that, that we're able to work within these gifts. And we won't focus too much time on that here today, because I think we spent a lot of time on the gifts. But there are some other gifts that I, that I promised you that I will talk you guys through today just really quickly, right? And I want you guys to turn with me then to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. And we're not going to spend a terrible amount of time on this here today, because I think we've exhausted within the gifts well enough. But I want you to at least kind of see this other part here. And we had mentioned that there's far more than, than, than just nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. There's a bunch of gifts, right? There's cleaning, there's um, being able to be hospitable, being kind, you know, all, all, all those other things for people. All those things can be seen as gifts. But there are some specific gifts within Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, that I want to take you to. And to give you a little bit of background on Ephesians chapter 4, it's talking about the unity in the body of Christ. So in there, we see within here that when Jesus was leaving and he brought us the Holy Spirit, he didn't just leave us, right? He brought us some other things as well. And I'll start within the verse 10, okay? He who descended is, on, is the one who also ascended far above the heavens, that he might fill all things. He referring to Jesus. Verse 11. And he gave the, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood to measure the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness, in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking of the truth in love, we are to grow in every way into him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which is it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Beloved, that is the word of God in Ephesians chapter eleven, chapter four, verse eleven, um, all the way through the verse sixteen. And I think what is just so amazing about this, right, is that the whole point of these gifts, as we talked about last time, is love, right? And we see here that Jesus did not leave us alone. He gave us these gifts here, which are known as the ministerial gifts. If you ever hear something called like fivefold ministry, that's what we have here. Um, we have apostles, shepherds, prophets, evangelists, and teachers. Now, I mentioned that there are all these other gifts, right? The nine gifts that, that we had there, the healing, the faith, the miracles, the wisdom, knowledge, knowledge, and prophecy. There is a difference between these gifts and there's a difference between these ministerial gifts. Now, Christ has told us that they all serve the same purpose, however, right? The, the whole purpose of this is to build up the body of Christ, right? It's to bring encouragement, to bring discernment, to bring knowledge, right? 
so um one of the things that we note here then within these ministerial gifts the apostles the shepherds prophets evangelists teachers is that this is a this is a position that you can kind of think of as an anointing that the good lord places on people's lives there are some many all are called to prophesy all are called to prophesy the bible will tell you but not everybody is called to be a prophet not everybody is called to be an apostle not everyone is called to be a shepherd there are distinct people that god will call and use to place within those positions right now let me explain to you what each of them do and, what, and how they serve the body of christ okay an apostle starting with the first one we hear this all the time right apostle so so and so but do we ever really step back and think of what does apostle really mean an apostle of jesus christ is a person who is fixed and focused and has a desire within their hearts to build churches to build churches in places where they are not in places where, where there are none the job of the apostle is to go out into a land a place and to build a church, to bring in and to put people within that church so that that place has a community, right? So if you're somebody who is really interested in, it's called, it's called church planting, actually, and it's very, very big. If you're somebody who's interested in church planting, you want to see a church in a particular location, um, then you may be somebody who God has placed within your heart for that apostolic position, apostolic gift, okay? So you need, so the apostle brings the church and he, and he sets it up. He doesn't manage it, none of that stuff. And then he sets it up and then he leaves and he keeps on going. Right? That's why Paul was an apostle of Jesus Christ. He never really stayed at one church for too long. Right? And then you have a shepherd. A shepherd is another word can be thought can be taught is the same word as a pastor. The shepherd. The pastor is the shepherd. A shepherd, think of uh David in a time when he was a little shepherd boy watching over the flock. Right, there needs to be one or a couple of people who are placed in the position of a shepherd to watch over the souls of man. Guys, that is a very difficult task. Look how hard it is for people to even take care of people within the medical field, right? Now, let alone having to be responsible for somebody else's soul. So the shepherd's job is not only to come and preach and 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 do all that stuff, but to really, but to really minister to you and to checking on you and to make sure that, 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 that you are filled in the way that, 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 that it needs to be and that you are also moving in the way that is good for your soul, right? So a shepherd is supposed to guide, right? And tell you, hey, we're going here, we're going here, right? So a shepherd should not do wicked things. So if you feel like you have a heart for that type of thing, right, where you just want to do that and, and, and guide people in certain ways, maybe a shepherd might be for you. And then the third one, which is abused all the time. Actually, I'll come back to that one last. But the one that I want to mention next is evangelist. Evangelist, evangelist, evangelist. Evangelism basically means going out to, to spread the good news of Jesus Christ to others. You evangelize to, to, to people, specifically those who are unbelievers. Okay? A shepherd deals with those who are already in the flock. A shepherd deals with those who are already believers. M mainly okay so the shepherd's job is stuck within the position of the church so after the apostle builds the church the shepherd comes in and he's supposed to pastor that church right the evangelist is the one whose job is the outward reach outreach to go into the world to to go to the specifically those who are unbelievers to, to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to them. We're all supposed to do these things, guys, by the way. But I'm saying that this is, a, this is a certain title, a certain position that God has placed on some people's hearts that is, that's, if they don't go out and share good news of Jesus with somebody, like, they can't sleep that night, right? There's a tug on your heart constantly. Um, that that's what you, you, you ought to do, okay? And then the other one that we have here is teachers, right? And the teacher's job is to break things down to a place and to a level that is that one can understand the teacher has to spend a lot of time if you have a desire to if you when you look at the word and you're like man oh this this is pretty cool but i want to know more i want to know deeper than what is in here right so that i can share and i can communicate it to other people that might be something that's on your heart but that's the teacher's job there's a difference between a preacher who is to just come and 
share the word, to proclaim the gospel to you, and a teacher who is to break it down to you to a level where you can understand what this is and what it means and how this applies and how this teaches me more about God. Right? So this, that's the teacher's job to be able to break that to you. So when you have a pastor, a shepherd, right, who is pa pastoring the flock, checking on your soul, and you have a teacher who is teaching you the word of God and breaking it down for you to have an understanding, that helps us, right? Yes, the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. And there's a Bible verse that says that. However, that's, that's not in contradiction to this here because the Holy Spirit himself, Christ himself, has given us these ministers, these ministerial gifts and placed people in certain positions to help for the body of Christ to be unit, to, to, just to remain unified. Okay? So, a lot of times, nobody wants to be an evangelist. A lot of times, nobody wants to be a shepherd. People, nobody wants to be a teacher. A lot of times, people want to be apostles. A lot of times, actually, no, not very few people these days want to be apostles. They just like the title, but they don't know what it really means. But people really want to be prophets. Everybody wants to be a prophet. Now, prophet, when you think of what a prophet is really supposed to do, a prophet is supposed to come and rebuke. A prophet is meant to come and rebuke, to share the word of God, and to say, hey, quit messing up. They are proclaiming to you, right? Um, what God is, what, what God has placed on their hearts to come and share. A lot of times when God sends his prophets within the Old Testament, even within the New Testament, right? They were going out to go and tell a people within a particular land of something that they were doing that was destructive to their souls. That was what a prophet was. That's what a prophet is. But these days, our prophets are coming here predicting you the result of an election. What does that have to do with your soul? So, keep that in mind that the prophet's job is to come and help steer you within the right direction, to, to share with you what God has placed within, within their, their heart, to come and tell you. The prophet also reveals particular things, mysteries of God that God is, has placed within their hearts. Um, that obviously must align with the Word of God. It must not be out of line with the Word of God. The prophet can't come and tell you you should go and sin and you just blindly follow, right? By having a good teacher, you'll know that you what, what, the, what, what those other roles are, right? So God is the one who chooses people for these different positions. There are some people who have some very, very special gifts, and I will, and I, and I will speak and, and attest to it, right? Some people who are placed in the position of a prophet. Everybody wants to be a prophet, but they don't understand what it takes and what and what people go through. Even within any of these other gifts here, there is lo there is a lot of time when you have to be by yourself. When Paul was gifted with all these different gifts, he was all you could say he was all these things in one. But he spent three years in Arabia by himself before he even came and was proclaimed by other people and received the right hand of fellowship. Three years of loneliness. Three years out by himself. Are you sure this is what you want? Right? So, I so said this is not our, our, the gifts here is not what we're focusing on so much today, but I wanted to share this piece with you guys so that you would see that within um, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11, God has given us people within different positions to help build up the church. You see how all of this works together, right? No, one is not better than the other, right? The prophet is not greater than the evangelist. If you don't have the evangelist, how are you going to get more people into the group? If you don't have the apostles, how's the, how's the evangelist going to direct somebody to go to a particular church? There is no church there. You guys see what I'm saying? If you don't have a shepherd, people get to the church, but what are they going to do? They don't have anybody helping them guide them. You may have a shepherd, but you don't have a teacher. A lot of times, the shepherds can also be teachers as well. It's good to teach the Word of God. <laughs> I, I, like, I like teaching, as you guys can obviously see. Um... Now, there are some people, you guys don't hear me saying, you know, go out and share the gospel. I say that all the time, but you don't see me doing that all the time because that's not what God has placed on my heart all the time. But there are particular people who God will keep poking at them. Like, hey, get out there and share the good news of God. When you see people doing street evangelism and street preaching, that stuff is very, very hard. A lot of people these days look down on those people and they say, oh, they're crazy. Oh, they're spewing hate. Oh, they're putting their beliefs on other people. But you guys got to know that that is a calling, that is a gift from the Lord that somebody that God has placed on someone's heart to bring them to the Lord. All right? So, back in the day, it was all street evangelism. 
right? That's how he brought people into the faith. So any questions on the ministerial gifts? It's not where I want to spend too much of today's time, but I at least wanted to share with you guys that part. Any questions? Uh, yeah, I have mm-hmm. a question. So are these gifts, um, do they get taken away from you or are they just like lifetime gifts? That is, always, I think that's like a controversial, it can be a little controversial. From the word, we don't really see anywhere in here that God says that he takes those gifts away from you, per se. Um, like, we can, we can make a case that, hey, David was anointed, right? David sinned, but he remained anointed. So you can have the gift, but even if you fall into something, you do something that's not right. If you don't lose the gift, you'll be put in a position where you can't even exercise the gift, right? Let me give you a live example that just happened recently. There's a pastor of Hillsong out in New York. I don't know if you guys heard about this. Pastor of Hillsong in New York Church who um, stepped outside of his marriage and and as a result of that, he got fired from being the head pastor of the Hillsong Church. Now I can tell you that pastor, now he's kind of working things out and trying to figure out stuff with his wife and all that, which is great. But I can tell you that pastor is still somebody who probably has a a good gift to shepherd, right? And because of the sin that he fell into, that he walked into, I should say, um, he's not able to exercise and use that gift to his fullest potential. You see? So even if you still got the gift, it doesn't really work that well because you're not able to effectively use it. Does that that help kind of answer your question? Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Any others, guys? Um, in the story where it's talking, you know, like, uh, where it basically is talking about, like, you know, the master went off and he gave his, like, servants, like, um, certain amounts of, I think, was it money to go and, like, make more of or something like that. Um, in, I don't know, but I feel like I kept hearing that, like, if you don't, um, I guess if you don't be a good, if you're not a good steward and you don't put your, I guess, gift to use, you could lose it. And I don't know if that's really the devil's. God can do whatever God wants to do. And that's why I say it's not a one-size-fits-all type of situation. Right? He can bless somebody with a particular gift, and that person can keep it and use it throughout their entire lives. As long as they keep coming back to him. And he can bless somebody with a particular gift, and it can be gone the next day. So we should never get into a habit of, hey, I've got this gift, and God's not going to take it away from me, so I can just live my life anyhow, and I can still come and teach in front of people and, and stand before the people of God. We should never think of it that way. The Holy Spirit is the dispenser of gifts. These ministerial gifts that are positional gifts, the way you lose them is by not having character. Just like how I talked about this pastor who stepped out on his wife. Right? But the other gifts, the prophecy, the knowledge, the wisdom, the healing, the faith, tongues, all that stuff, those are gifts from the Holy Spirit, which he dispenses as he wills. If you're acting up and you're living your life in a way that's not right and you're grieving the Holy Spirit, why would you expect to be able to have those gifts for the Holy Spirit to dispense that upon you? Then you got to ask yourself, do you really have the Holy Spirit? And if you really do have the Holy Spirit, He may continue to show some things to you. But it's not something that we should take lightly. Our mindset coming out of it, this should not be, God loves me so much that He'll He'll just... Allow me to stay, you know, within this position. Yeah, some people are, are very anointed. And yet the way that they end up living their lives messes them up. Right? That they can't exercise that, that gift properly. As, as God would intend for them to do. Does that answer your question? Any further questions, guys? Okay. So with that... Um, we'll move into what we wanted to discuss for today. Oh, wait, sorry. 
Yeah, we'll come back to this one. But we'll move into what we wanted to discuss for today. And that is going to be found in one of our favorite books, guys, which is the book of Galatians. Um, the letter to the people, the church in Galatia, from Paul. So if you guys go with me to, to Galatians chapter 5, um, verse 16. Yes, we'll start in the verse 16. And we'll actually go through in chapter 6. But I'll stop on the verse 25 first, okay? Now, you guys still have your, ha- have your pieces of paper, right? We're going to be doing some drawing pretty soon. I'm going to have you guys draw this as well. As so long as I can make sure that this thing works. I don't know what's going on with my... Uh... Oh, no. Oh, this looks terrible. What? Sorry, guys. Give me a sec. Okay. Galatians chapter, chapter 5, verse 16 to 25. So would anybody like to read that for us? I'm in the ESV version, English Standard Version. Sorry, would somebody like to read? This is Galatians chapter uh, 5, verse what? Verse 16 to 25. Okay, I can read it. Thank you. Um, can you hear me? Yep. Just speak up a little bit. Okay, okay. Keep in step with the Spirit. But I say, walk by the Spirit. Sorry, one second. Where do you want me to end? In the verse 25. Okay, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit, and the desi- and the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, um, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident: sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, or these, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. God bless you for that. So, last week was pretty fun. It was pretty exciting, right? We talked about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And I think some of you guys were excited. You were interested. Um, And that was all great, you know. That's expected when we talk about this. Um, All right, perfect. It's finally showing up now. Let me know when you guys see my screen, okay? We had talked about the gifts and how God gives us with, with, with those particular gifts for us to use for his glory ultimately, right? And his glory alone. Today, we're going to talk about what it is that can mess up those gifts and the true purpose of these gifts, okay? So if you guys can all see my screen here, let me make sure I can zoom in, zoom out. All right. You see your screen. All right, perfect. Ah, perfect. Okay, so I put all these gifts within a little chart, right? And you guys should should draw this on your end as well. Draw, Draw what we have here. So start with all these gifts and put them within a little circle, right? Um, What we're going to talk about here is essentially how great these gifts are. However, without the proper fruit of the Spirit, these gifts will not last, right? Or these gifts will not be well taken care of. We saw within Galatians chapter 5, especially within the verse 22, what the fruit of the Spirit is. 
And that is that love, the joy, the peace. So if you draw the gifts within the middle, right? Tongues, discernment of spirits, interpret tongues, healing, faith, miracles, all these things. The gifts are nice to haves, right? That are dispensed by the Holy Spirit. But each person should exhibit the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control that we have. These things here, these different attributes, are what will help keep away all of the things of, of, of the flesh. Before I want to talk about you know, how these things actually come in and, and impact the gifts, let's just kind of break it down a little bit, okay? As far as what love is. So, love in this sense displays the character of God. Right? We talked some time ago that loving... And love is doing whatever is necessary so that the glory of God will be made known within your life. Right? Doing whatever is necessary so that the glory of God will be made known within your life. That is love. And that love sometimes means doing something that is very difficult, something that is very hard, that you may not necessarily want to do, but know that you need to do. Oh, that hurts, man. And then there's joy. Joy, rejoicing in God's salvation and in orienting your affections toward God. If you guys think about it, right, there's so many people who maybe wanted the election to go a particular way for them. For some, maybe it did. For others, maybe it didn't. However, however the election went, it should not have impacted our joy. Because if your joy is truly in Jesus Christ, you know that there's nothing within this world that can really be a problem for you, Right? There are problems in this world, but we, understand, but we have a proper uh, mindset about those issues, right? Because our joy is found in Jesus Christ. So we exhibit that joy. And then there's peace. Peace, this is what we get when we are reconciled to God. The Bible tells us that the evil person does not know true peace. Right? So when you have peace with God, it, it, it returns in confidence. If you're somebody that you know that you're stepping out and, 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 and you're acting and you're, and you're living your life however, right? Yet, for whatever reason, you're still interpreting tongues, you're still speaking in tongues, be very careful because the devil can also give gifts. All right? Be very careful. But if you know that you are in right relationship and right standing with, with God, you're communing with the Holy Spirit properly, then you have confidence because you have peace with God that He's with you. Okay? And then there's patience. I'm sorry if my handwriting is really terrible, but then we have patience here. Um, and patience, this is following God's timetable instead of your own. Guys, patience, patience, patience is so, so, so important. Especially when, like, within the days of our youth, we want some things really badly, um, but we just know that we got to wait, right? We got to be patient. Then there's goodness. Goodness is working for the benefit of others. Being good, can you be good to one another, right? And there's kindness, generosity towards others. Now you talk about, oh, I'm going to pray for somebody, but you have, if you have the means to help support that person, hey, why not, right? And there's faithfulness. Faithfulness is doing what you say you will do. Do what you say you're going to do. Let your yes be yes and let your no be no, right? Have faith in the Lord that he's going to pull you throughout any situation that you may be in. And there's gentleness. Gentleness, guys. Gentleness can be... Gentleness is finding rest in Jesus. And, and by doing so, you help others do the same. At my work, um, we do these things called feedback reviews. And in all my feedback reviews, every single time, something that my, my coworkers, my peers will always note is that Kevin sometimes has a uh, has a calm, gentle demeanor, right? And because of that, I feel calm and I feel like we're going to get through whatever it is that we're doing. We're going to accomplish the task successfully. Gentleness can be contagious, right? With all the problems that's going on in this, in this world, you can by being gentle, by being calm, you can help other people feel a sense that, hey, maybe this thing is not as terrible as, as, as we thought, right? But that gentleness, they don't, they, they don't see where that's coming from. And that's having... A rest in Jesus, finding rest within Jesus to help and helping others do the same. Okay, 
And then there's self-control. Oh, man. This, these two right here are probably the biggest. Self-control and love. Self-control is so, so, so big. Self-control is resisting the power of the flesh. Okay? Now, this is the fruit of the Spirit. Guys, this here can be put in terms of character. You can think of these gifts if you want. You can even add the ministerial gifts in here. Okay? You can think of these gifts as anointings. Some people highly anointed to be teachers, to be prophets, all those things. And they use, they utilize these gifts, right? They utilize wisdom, knowledge, prophecy, all these things. And then others, right? Sorry, some people are, are, are gifted about all these things. However, there's this thing called character. Your gift will make room for you, but your character can destroy it. Just like we said, going, going back to the pastor, right? His gift made room for him. His gift to teach, his knowledge, all those things made room for him. But his character, not having, lacking self-control, lacking self-control within his marriage, has now blocked down that gift to give up a whole church that he began. Well, God begins the church, but you guys know what I mean. Right? His gift made room for him, but his character destroyed it. So, if you want to keep moving within these gifts here, know that the character is far more important than the gift. Guys, God demands holiness, and God is a holy God. If you want healing and wisdom and all these things to move within these gifts, but you're still living your life anyhow, and you want to live, you want to have one foot in the flesh, you want to have one foot in the spirit, no, -uh, it doesn't work that way. God says, choose whom you will serve this day. Choose whom you will serve. It doesn't work that way. And if you're still moving within gifts here, know that that's not from the Lord. While you don't have, while you're not exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit. Life is hard. I get it. But know that holiness is required. Especially if you want to get deeper with the Lord, you need to live a life of holiness. If you're sleeping around, stop. If you're getting angry at, your, at people, stop. It's not helping you. It's not going to help you. In, it's not going to help you move within the spirit. In fact, you're getting to a place that is dangerous, because you're playing with spiritual things but not having the maturity to be spiritual. And God knows your heart, and God knows where you stand, and He knows what you can handle and what you can't handle within these gifts here. But know that of each person, this is required to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And the, and the Bible tells us, you know, in the chapter 6, sorry, in, in the verse 25 of, of chapter 5 in the Galatians, he says, If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and being one another. And says, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. But how can how can we so how can we do that, right? This pastor who things happen to, other people, he's been caught in transgression, right? But other people who are spiritual must restore him in a spirit of gentleness. But some people may point fingers at him and say, oh, look, he's fallen, this and that. No, we, we, we're all prone to fall, guys. We're all human beings, and we can all, in the heat of a moment, mess up. So, these, the fruit of the Spirit is what we use to fight against the flesh. Well, that's how this wraps up in here. The fruit of the Spirit is used to fight against the flesh. When we see here, and I wrote all these things here as well, that you guys had shouted out. There are a lot of things that Paul notes in here. And I won't talk about all of them because there's a whole bunch of them. But we'll, we'll, we'll touch on just some key ones here. Um, you mentioned things of the flesh, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, orgies, drunkenness, envy, division, dissensions, rivalry, fits of anger, and jealousy. And this, he said, over 2,000 years ago, Paul said these things. And isn't it crazy that 2,000 years later, these are still some of the biggest things going on. 
I think it may change a little bit here and there for each generation and, and depending on where you live. But these are the desires of the flesh that come to attack the gifts that the good Lord has placed within our hearts. These gifts, th these, these desires of the flesh keep us from fully manifesting and, and realizing the things that God wants to do in our lives. Let's take this for example. Sexual immorality comes in many ways, right? Some of the biggest ones here are sexual immorality, impurity, jealousy, fits of anger, drunkenness. Let's say that you're a seer. God has gifted you to be a seer, okay? You see things, all that stuff. Kind of lines up with this prophecy piece here. You're a seer. However, you haven't realized and manifested your, your, your true gift of seeing because of what you're seeing with your eyes on a daily basis. Because of what you're doing. Guys, God wants to reveal so many amazing things to us. But we're stuck in the flesh. And the reason why we're, not, we're stuck in the flesh is because we're so focused on getting these gifts, but we're not focused on having the self-control and all these other things that will protect these gifts. That's why I drew it out this way. So that you guys can see. On a daily basis, one of these things... Everybody fits into one of these categories. You know your category of what it is in the flesh here that draws you towards it. There's some people who are more prone to just being angry and having fits of anger. Self-control will deal with that. Love will deal with that. Right? So we need to be able to make sure that we keep the fruit of the Spirit at the top. That's our character, guys. This is what we can, we can exhibit all the time. We must exhibit these all the time to the best of our ability and ask the Holy Spirit to help us, right? To give us the fruit of the Spirit. When you pray, don't go around praying. For, yes, pray for the gifts, as the Bible tells us too. You know, pray that you may prophesy, especially, right? However, I also urge you, please pray for the fruit of the Spirit. If you need to note these things down, pray for the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit is what's going to help you and build up your character. That when you do have these gifts, you can exhibit them in the right way. Nobody cares what you have to say if you have a bad attitude. Nobody cares what you have to say if, if you don't respect people. If you don't love others. You're a noisy gong, as the Bible tells us. If you have not love, Paul says that within Corinthians, right? You may be able to have wisdom and prophecy and knowledge and all these things. But if you have not love then what's the point? So please, I put this in this way to show you guys that on a daily basis, like we have all these things on the outside that is constantly vying for our attention, that's constantly trying to permeate through here. But with the gift, with the fruit of the Spirit, with the fruit of the Spirit, these things will not get through. And this right here acts as a shield. Think of, you can think of it like a shield, right? The self-control, the gentleness acts as a shield over the gifts that you have, that God is, that the Holy Spirit may dispense upon you given the right time. Any questions about this one before I move to the next one? All right, so I'll show you the next one really quickly. So there's two ways to look at this, okay? First, I showed you how um, within this diagram here that the fruit of the Spirit helps protect Whatever gift God has given you helps protect you away from the flesh to doing things within the flesh that are not right, right? Then the biggest things going on in our society, in our day, sexual immorality, impurity, jealousy, fits of anger, and drunkenness. This is happening at such a rapid rate within our lives. Yet people want the gifts. If you want the gifts, are you ready to live a life of holiness? And if your answer is yes, then there's a problem. Because your answer should be, no, I don't want the gifts necessarily. I want Jesus. <laughs> right? That's what our answer should be. That we want Jesus. We want to, to have more life and, and just more time with Him within our lives. So I'll show you this in another way now. So let's draw another diagram, okay? So this here, you guys can see this well, I hope. Uh, this is called a cake. I tried drawing a cake. You guys can see the cake very well. No? You guys notice the cake? Yes? No? Yes. All right. Yeah. Cool, cool. Did I do a good job of drawing the cake? It's good? I guess. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Anyway, 
So within this cake, when you bake a cake, you put in different ingredients, right? Anybody know how to bake a cake? We got any bakers in here? You got your flour, you got your sugar, yeah. right? You got your water, you got your milk, whatever it is. You got your eggs. That's what you're baking. Like the key things you got to put in there, right? So you're baking a cake. Well, this is the fruit of the spirit cake. Think of it that way. The fruit of the spirit cake. And within the fruit of the spirit cake, to bake it, we said that it's just one fruit, right? You guys can see this is just one cake. We have faithfulness, we have gentleness, we have self-control. Patience, kindness, goodness, love, joy, and peace. And this is what we serve the world. Think about it. All of these things is to bless and to be a blessing onto the body of Christ. And that we go out into the world and share it as well, right? But if you don't have the cake, right? What are you serving people? You may be serving people just this, these gifts. Think of, the, think of the fruit as the cake, the fruit of the Spirit as the cake. And think of the gifts as the icing. This is the icing. This is the icing on the cake. Okay? Now, I don't know about you guys, but I don't know anybody that just goes into a store and buys icing just to eat. In fact, if you eat a bunch of icing, you might get sick. Right? But if you have the right icing with cake, you're much better off, right? You have something to serve somebody. You can feed somebody cake and have no icing and the person will still be fed and they'll still be fine. But you can give somebody icing and they may get sick because of all the sugar that it is. The gifts is pure icing on the cake. All right? We are called to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit, which is the character. What is your character, guys? How are you living your lives? We are called to exhibit the fruit of the Spirit. And then, time again and every now and then, the Holy Spirit may dispense these gifts upon us. Tongues, speaking, discernment, faith, wisdom. Right, guys? So, keep that in mind. That as you pray for the gifts of the Holy Spirit, that you also pray for the fruit of the Spirit. Because the fruit of the Spirit, guys, is character. And the fruit of the Spirit is what will help maintain the gift that the, that the Holy Spirit has given us. Many of you guys, I pray, I've prayed of you guys that, that God anoint you in so many ways and just allow you to do some wonderful, wonderful things. However, my fear, my fear, right? is that if you don't exercise the fruit of the Spirit, is that you're not building the character. Who are you? Are you a respectful person? If you, don't, if you don't exercise those things, you may get a gift, but how long will it last? You may think you're serving people cake, but instead you're just serving them icing, and you're making them sick. So please, the icing here, gifts is just icing on the cake. All right? Like I know we spent a lot of time last week, me, you know, sharing with you guys all the gifts and how amazing it is and how wonderful it is. But I'm here to challenge you and tell you, you want a gift, you need to focus more so on the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? And by focusing on the fruit of the Spirit, by building that on a daily basis, you know, if you know you got a self-control and you got an anger problem, ask the Lord to help you with self-control. Ask the Lord to make you gentle. Ask the Lord to give you patience. Ask God to give you joy in your heart and peace. And God will do all those things. Then it will turn your heart into a heart that desires to help build up his church. And when you have that desire within your heart, guys, the Holy Spirit will then give you whatever gifts are necessary in that time to complete the job, to get the job done. Okay? Like we said some time ago, you want a gift... Do you have a heart for service? Do you have a heart for God's people? Because the point of a gift is not just for you. The point of a gift is for the edification of the church. The only gift in here that is for you, you can say, is speaking in tongues. And you can tell. Isn't it funny, guys, how the only gift that is really for you to, to edify your flesh, is to, to edify your spirit, right, is the gift that everybody speaks all the time. 
This is the one that everybody wants. Speaking tongues. We're all speaking tongues. This is it. Because this is outward, right? And people like to see it just, just to sound like they're so spiritual. But God is saying, no, I got all these other gifts. Holy Spirit is saying, I got all these other gifts that I can give you. But what is your character? And the point of all these, and I'm not giving you these other gifts because you just want these for yourself. You don't want it to help out the body of Christ. So why should I give you the ability to teach? Why should I give you wisdom and knowledge? Why should I call you as a prophet? So I hope that makes sense. Um, know that the fruit of the Spirit is so important. It's very key. The gift of the Spirit is simply icing on the cake. And there are so many gifts, guys. You may be called into a particular profession um, within these giftings, in a particular ministerial position, that you will then be able to use to help other people. right? And that's the beauty of it. There are many people who have been called prophets within this world, and we do have prophets who are still good people in this day. But unfortunately, they did not develop the fruit of the Spirit well enough to be able to endure. I'll give you an example. There are people who say they've been called to be pastors, people who have been called to be prophets, and they're trying to run a church, right? And they really love God, and they really want things to work out. However, in the beginning, things are a little bit difficult and they're struggling within their church. So what do they do? They start pandering to the, they start pandering to the things that people want to hear, the things that tickle people's ears, right? Telling people they can live their life however, telling people they don't need to live a life of holiness, just so that those people will then give their money to them, right? So that they can make it and, and have something to eat. Now those people... They fall into something like that because they don't develop a good fruit of the Spirit. They don't develop patience well enough. Guys, these giftings take time. They don't develop patience well enough. They don't develop peace within their soul. They don't have that faithfulness to be able to know that what God started, if God truly started that church, if God truly started that fellowship, He will be able to be the one that will you know, bring it to completion. So in your life, Whatever job you guys want to do, wherever you guys want to go, exhibit the fruit of the Spirit and it will help you. And the Holy Spirit will help you. And at a particular time, if you need a particular gift, the Holy Spirit will give it to you. Okay? So you don't need to go in front of a mirror and say, I need it. If I don't have this gift, then I'm not blessed or I'm not loved by God or anything like that. Just know that um, we're really in this world to develop the character and to look more like Jesus Christ. You look at all these gifts here, like Jesus, you look at all the fruit here. Jesus embodies all of this. This is God, guys. God embodies all of this, love, joy, peace. And we are made in the image of God and we are called to him to call, to call to do his purpose. We need to be able to build on the fruit so that we can then have these gifts because there are spiritual battles going on, guys, that we're just sitting on the sidelines right now, right? There are rulers of this world that the holy that, that 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 God is calling us to join that fight. However, we can't even get there because we ourselves have not developed our character to a place where we can even handle gifts of the spirit. Am I making sense to somebody? I hope so. So, I'll close it here um in prayer and then we'll just, you know, I'll take any questions that you guys may have. I know we're at that 105 mark. I don't want to keep you guys for too long today. But I hope that you guys found this helpful. Um, keep in mind those gifts, but keep in mind even more the, the fruit of the Spirit that will help you be able to maintain and protect those gifts and also help you live a life of holiness um, until the day of our Lord, until He returns. All right? Okay, guys, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for just allowing us to, to learn about the fruit of the Spirit today. I know this is a little bit different from the giftings that, that we talked about a lot last week. Um, however, Lord, I think this is the way that you want things to be in helping us just orient our minds to focus more on the fruit rather than the gift. Keeping the gift in mind that it's important and that you want us to work in it and through it, Lord God. However, um, in order for us not to grieve your spirit, Heavenly Father, 
Um, help us be able to develop the fruit of the Spirit so that we can work well and to do what you desire for us to do. Lord, I thank you so much for everybody here. Um, anyone that is struggling to live a life of holiness, people who genuinely love you, Lord God, on this call, I know many of these folks do, um, but perhaps we're struggling in some way. We're having fits of anger. Maybe we're struggling with sexual sin. Maybe we're struggling with idolatry. Whatever it may be, dear God, I pray that you release that off of these guys in Jesus' mighty name and that you help them, Lord God, to be able to move in the Spirit, to develop that fruit, and that you gift them. God, create seers in these places. Heavenly Father, create apostles and create evangelists and create you know, ministers and, 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 and just everyone for your work, Lord God. There's so much work that needs to be done in this world. When we see this world and we see how much division, how much derision, how many things are going wrong, how many things are, are, are just going on within this world, dear God, we know that we need you desperately. We need you desperately to, to work within us so that we can be a change agent within this world. But Father, how can we be a change agent if you're not with us? So God, please be with us. Please forgive us. Have mercy on us for the places where we've sinned and fallen short. And just help us be able to move within this world, dear God. We need you so desperately. God, I pray for each and every single one of these guys. Gift them, anoint them mightily, Lord God. And protect them and, and protect them and give them the character to protect that gifting that, that you will give them. Heavenly Father, we're all prone to mess up in things. We're all human. But Lord God, what makes us different from others, what makes us different from unbelievers, Lord God, is that when we fall short, we come before you and we ask you for forgiveness. God, there's no sin too great for you to forgive. So, Lord, we ask of you to help us and to keep that within our minds, Lord, that we are a new creation. We are a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come, Lord God. Help us to be able to join the fight, to be a soldier for Christ with the, with the correct gifts, with the correct tools and ammunition to go to battle for you, Lord God. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Amen.